Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The noon hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Probably don't need headset. I just like to hear myself. Hey, look, God didn't give me a lot to work with, but he gave me a pretty good voice, so I'm gonna listen to it. No strutting. <laughs> we don't need to be strutting. They didn't win the conference championship. You know what I want to do? <laughs> no. Oh, but you're no. dancing. Yeah. No, had they won, we'd be strutting. Strut. You're dancing, dude. Uh, oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, uh, I love this. Just love it. I love it because I could see Scotty coming into Sacramento. <laughs> Throws the glasses on as he gets out of the air- airplane. <laughs> Right into Sacramento, California, the Golden One Center in Sacramento. What's up? Mm. What's up? Walking mm. right by Missouri. What's up, Tigers? What are you going to do about it? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you did you see the point spread? I'm yeah. sorry. What, a point and a half? Yeah. The Aggies. The Aggies are favored in this bad boy. Here's the number you need to look at. Look, again, entertainment purposes only. I'm not telling you where to gamble or how to gamble. I'm just telling you. Entertainment purposes Entertainment only. purposes only. I would say uh, I would look at the over in that game because <laughs> you got the tenth best offense and the thirteenth best offense oh, in the country. Is that what it is? Yeah, a couple of really good offenses coming into this. It one. is. I did see that it was the highest over under number at like one fifty seven or something like that of the in entire the first, tournament. Of the first round, yeah. Oh, if the, okay, awesome. Hey, we got Taylor Funk coming on today yeah. too. Uh, we've got to let Taylor Funk strut. That's another guy I think you'll have a good time talking to. Ask him about how he ended up at Utah State. It's a fun story. But I, I don't know if he's going to want to strut. Because I think no. these guys are locked in. Yeah. So we won't strut with Taylor. because Ashworth may have strutted a little bit. Ashworth strutted. But he's top three in the country and knocking down three. So yeah. he's he's got some things to strut. And I know that Taylor Funk's a baller, too. 32 points in the opening game against uh, New Mexico in the not tournament. Not too shabby. Yeah. That's not too shabby. That's a pretty darn. His last good day. two points of those those thirty two are pretty cool. Oh, don't play that. I didn't say I was. I was I'm not going to. Yeah. What play? What? He's the guy that dunked when oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when That's the game was fine. way out of hand. That's fine. Those things happen. Actually, I think he'd be fine talking about that. There's two things that bug me in the world of unspoken sports. Two things: don't dunk at the end of a game when you're up, and don't flip a bat. Those two things. You don't want me to dunk? Defend a little bit. You don't want to be embarrassed by 20 and then have me dunk with the final five seconds? Even, okay, I'm going to get in a little bit of trouble with jazz fans. Even when Rudy Gobert slammed it down. Oh, I was fine with that too. At the end of that game, I thought, 
I'm all right with that. Now, that doesn't mean Malik Beasley takes it easy on him in that moment. Because I think it was Malik that rushed over and got his face, yeah. if I remember right. Yeah. But I remember thinking, okay, all right, you got the right to do it. All right, same, same with a bat flip. You knock that thing over the head of the second baseman, you put it in the pocket, or you put it out of the park and you flip the bat on your way to first base. I have no issue with it. Never have, never will. Those are the two unspoken rules in sports that drive me nuts. How about um, having to take a knee when it's, uh, you know, you're at the goal line, you're up by 21 points, you're inside the five-yard line, So football game. If you don't take a knee and you score in the game of football, is it the same repercussion of the dunk? Up by twenty with point five seconds. There's a lot of people that get upset about that. <laughs> oh, if you don't the, the take bat a, flip, is, yeah. are there? A lot of people get cranky about that. Okay, so if you're up by sizable, 20, 24. Yeah. yeah, sizable number. You're on the one yard line. Yep, twelve seconds left, but the clock stopped. You or have to take like, the snap, or even like yeah, or even like a full minute left where you need to take like two or three knees to end the game. I guess that I guess that puts you on edge as a coach. You knock it through, go up by 30, 31. How about when you're Kyle Whittingham and you're up by 40 uh, and you okay, run an onside so kick in the That second? one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How many years ago? That's 15 years well, ago. Well, yeah, 14? it was like 2009, 2010, around there. That's 14 years ago. That's th- 13 or 14 years ago. We still talk about that. I was, well, yeah, when you have another coach go and flip off another coach and it gets caught on TV. Walked five yards out onto the field. Yep. And presented it and in, full arm extended. And in the post-game show, Kyle Whittingham said, yeah, you went and predicted a win. That's what you get. Like, Kyle didn't apologize, said, no, yeah, he deserved to die, and I hope he burns in hell. I actually love the response. Yeah. I love the response. And then Kyle went on, and it just continued dominant in the Mount West Conference. And- you think Kyle would do that now? Like if he's playing Washington State or Oregon State, a team that not a chance that they sh- that they should beat, and, and their coach goes and and guarantees a victory. I think I no. think 2023 Kyle doesn't do that. I don't think tw- 2010 Kyle doesn't exist in 2023. <laughs> he doesn't. I'm, I I have known this man for a lot of years on a. On a very good, solid yeah. basis, I've, I've known this guy. And he the fire still burns incredible in his heart. But I just think where he's at and the image he's trying to portray and the conference that he's currently in, and even if Lincoln Riley, going into that Utah-USC matchup, said, we've got this one by double scores. And Utah has a 24-point lead on USC. There, There is no chance in the fourth quarter at any point Kyle Whittingham would kick an onside kick. There's no chance. Even if Lincoln Riley was just sitting there chirping it up, just going crazy. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. I don't think so. Lloyd, Lloyd you think different, don't you, Lloyd? You think... The Whittingham of oh, old well, okay. would call in the onside kick. All right, here's the thing. If it was, um, let's see here. What's the name of the coach from Oregon State? They're the former quarterback there. Anyway, whatever, you know, whatever that guy. Osweiler? Huh? The, the Broncos quarterback? No, oh, oh, I the Oregon, you, sorry, the head coach of Oregon State. Oh, he used I thought you said the quarterback. Yeah. Oh, John Smith. Yeah, Jonathan Smith, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, had he done it, I don't think Kyle Whittingham would do it. If Lincoln Riley did it, I think I think. Kyle, oh yes, I think Kyle still does it. Absolutely. You think he boots an onside kick? I think he does it to Lincoln. It depends I think on you, who you are, the person outside of the line. I think. I yeah, but Cowboy think, Glenn was a good dude, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay. No. No. That's why I'm saying Kyle's changed. Like that's the. I don't oh, think Kyle so does that make to the exception. For I, the I don't person. think Kyle would do that to Joe Glenn now. That's where I think he's eroded a little bit with the anger and the animosity and the vitriol. But if Lincoln Riley did it, if Deion Sanders did it, I think it would kick it. Old Kyle would kick back in. Joe Cowboy Joe Glenn was smack talking at a at a booster. Well, yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. I'm just saying, like that's that's why I think he would. Still. I, I actually don't have an issue with a team up by 24 punching it in. 
with a minute left. I don't. And, and if I'm the D tackle that's <laughs> that's crouched down waiting on a pinch technique to try to stop the QB sneak, yeah. And the QB sneak comes through me, and I get moved off the center, and the quarterback gets through for the touchdown. I get up, brush off my pants, go back to the huddle, and say, "All right, fellas, we're going to have to suck this one up." And I, I don't, I don't complain about what they did. I will tell you though. There is another unspoken rule, and that is victory formation, firing off yeah. as a D-tackle and trying to cause the fumble. Because you'll see that from time to time. The, the coaches will actually call it in. if In a victory formation, they'll call in D-tackles to pinch hard on the center and jump the count and try to cause the fumble for one last second-ditch effort. And as a former center that I played center for four years, I, I don't like that at yeah, all. Yeah, Greg Schiano. Uh, used to do that when he was coaching. Was it the Bucks? I want to say, and it ticked a lot of people off. So I will tell you, going into games, you know which teams do that and which teams don't. That's a part of your game plan. Yeah. So and and if you are in that situation, coaches always give you heads up. Remember, these guys fire off. Remember, these guys are going to try to cause that fumble. So get that snap crisp. Let's let's put it on a no count. So the quarterback just touches the butt, the, the ball comes up, and the game's over, or or whatever you got to do. But you need to be prepared to take on stupidity like that. Yeah. Just like you've got to be prepared to stop a dunk with five seconds left, and you don't just turn your back to the rim and say, all right, have at it, whatever you got to do. Well, and the thing is with Taylor, too, and in case you're just joining us, uh, situation in New Mexico, and it wasn't a big deal. No, uh, but but you know, it just it, it's it's led to a bigger conversation. Utah State could not run out the clock. There was going to be a shot clock violation. There was still like forty five seconds left. So Utah State was either going to attempt a shot or take a shot clock violation. New Mexico decided not to foul and just laid off and said we're done. And then Taylor Funk went and, and uh, threw down a dunk, and that got New Mexico a little. Fired up. Not too bad. It wasn't like it wasn't a bad deal, but it was that's what led to the conversation. Now, I guarantee you, had there not been a shot clock issue, they would have ran out the clock and been done. Yeah. But because they were either going to take a violation or have to take a shot, he thought, man, let's just throw it down, get to 32. Anyway. I've never scored 32. Let's see what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels good. Wow. Like, that is nice. But you're also looking at, and I think I said that on the broadcast, it's like, man, I'm never going to see New Mexico again. This is my last year. What's, <laughs> what's the harm I for me? Would you do it? Oh, hell yeah, I would. I would do it. Absolutely, I would. Would you do it, Lloyd? Yeah. I'd do it. Hey, and if we were talking about a New Mexico player that did that to Utah State, I'd still be saying. Yeah. I'd do it. Heck yeah, I'd do it. All right, so Taylor Funk will join us coming up at 12.30. It is a busy day. Selection Sunday is officially in the rearview mirror. Let's get to it. Time for your starting lineup right here on The Zone. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Hanson Scotty G. Let's go! The lineup is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Song. Starting lineup brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air, home of the award-winning line of America's standard furnaces and air conditioners. Call Lee's right now for their $59 furnace tune-up. Or visit them online at leesheatac.com. All right, Scotty. I'm taking this personal. All right. I am taking it personal. Your bracket? Yes. And I want every one of our listeners out there, anybody within the sound of our voice, go to kslsports.com, jump into our bracket, and compete with me. Come play. This is an easy way to jump in. I don't know if you've... Put together your bracket on KSL Sports yet? I have not. Scotty, it, it is so functional. It's so fluid. It's 
easy, and you got all your brackets right here. See, let me show you, Scotty, how, how slick this is. Is this yours? Yeah, this is mine. All you got to do is just click that button next to the name, and you can change any team that oh, you want. Hans, what have you just done? I don't... <laughs> you don't like it? I thought you said you were taking this serious. I am. Oh, what? Is it bad? You know they're going to let you down again. They let you down every year. I know they do, but I, not this year. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like this is their year. <laughs> not this year. But look at this. You put your... No, it's, it's awesome. You put your cursor <laughs> over the... Is it cursor? Yeah. You yeah, put sure. your cursor over the matchup, and it'll give you the records. Oh, wow. And it gives you the point totals. It gives you offensive standing. It gives you free throw percentage. It shows you a full breakdown. All you got to do is put your little cursor over it, and it'll help you in your prediction if you don't know a lot about the teams. But look what I got, round one. I don't, the only problem is I, I can't move Utah State over Arizona. I'm I'm a little bit worried about Arizona. Hey, you know what? If I get a call, I'll look. I've had a chance. This is again pure selfish. This isn't because I went to Utah State. This is me just being selfish. I just want to call a win in the NCAA tournament. Just one. Because you've called three, or this will be my. This should be my fourth. It's my third. Because they had qualified, they won the tournament, but COVID then canceled oh, the tournament. Oof. That sucked. Yeah. And that was a team that I really think the way they were playing could have been a Sweet 16 team. That sucked. That was a good team. That and, was uh, that was Merrill and Kata's senior year. And Bean. Bean's junior year. Well, uh, Bean's sophomore year. Kata was a junior. But headed out. No, no. He played the next year. He did? Yeah. Okay. And was that Sam's final year? Sam's final year. Sam's yeah. final year. And Sam was... Lights out. That yeah. was a really good team. Yeah, it was. I mean, essentially, you had three NBA guys on that team. So, um, I want everybody to go to kslsports.com. I want you to come join this bracket. This is a lot of fun. It's free. I don't know if there is there prizes. I didn't. I haven't seen anything we're attached gonna, to it. We're going to get you taken care of. So, there's going to be f- some fun things, but you can compete against Scotty and Lloyd and everybody on staff. We're all out there on these things having a good time. So come join us. KSLsports.com. So let's talk about who you feel comfortable with. Who you, because uh, I've, got, I've got my thoughts here. Um, I'll tell you who I believe in and who I don't believe in. Number one, I do believe in Alabama. Um, as a one seed, I know it's pretty okay. easy to do. Let me question it. So everything they've gone through. Yes. They just got, they had one guy get arrested for murder. Correct. And booted off the team. Their superstar brought that person the gun. Yeah. That aided in the murder of a young woman that had a five year old kid. You've got everything else that surrounds it with just the, the drama and everybody wants the coach in trouble and everybody wants that player off the team and you still believe in Alabama. Again, we're talking about. On the court. Yeah. And yes, I do. 29 and 5. Um, I just love the way they play. 82 again, points per game. I feel bad talking. I mean, it just feels weird talking about a great basketball team when there's so much discord and so many issues surrounding that team. And Yeah, some, but we've, some gone, guys, we've gone through it. But if you can't charge them, yep. what can you do? Um, I will say this. And again, this is entertainment purposes only. Don't come angry and don't come sending me nasty tweets. If it blows up your bracket, uh, there is a team in that region I do not believe in, and that is, and you're looking for a good 12-5 upset, take Charleston over San Diego State. So that is so funny you say that, because I sat there and thought about it and thought about it. Charleston's 31-3. and Yeah. They hit 80.8 points per game. Yep. San Diego State's 27-6, and and I get it, the conferences are different. But twenty seven and six, they hit seventy two points per game, and I almost clicked the button on that twelve. I would over and over and over again because here is the thing about San Diego State: San Diego State is elite defensively. They are scary good defensively, but they're also super aggressive defensively. And if you get an officiating crew that calls a close game, San Diego State's going to be in trouble. And also, San Diego State very limited offensively. And 
they're they're just they don't have Matt Bradley's a decent scorer, but they don't have a really elite scorer on that team like they did a few years ago when they were a either a one or a two seed and they were great you know and they had uh, Fagan and they had Malachi Flynn that team was loaded and was going to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament this team offensively they're a little flawed now defensively they're great they're elite but I just don't think they've got the scoring to get go far even out of the first round of the NCAA tournament so I couldn't pull the trigger on that one I did take which is fine but I do have a 12-5 upset somebody that we're familiar with um, you going Oral Roberts? Nope. Who? I've got VCU over St. Mary's. Oh, I like that one too. Yeah, I'd probably do that too. I got VCU over St. Mary's. Um, that's in the West bracket. That's the twelve five matchup there. I take a twelve five every year. You should. I mean, yeah. statistically, you should because there's always one. Yeah, I take a twelve five every year. I never take a one sixteen. Uh, I very, very rarely take a two, a 15 over a two. Never take a 116, very rarely a two over, or a 15 over two. And I've got all my two seeds moving on Yeah, this year. I do often take one 14 over a three, but I didn't this year. I've got all my three seeds moving on. And then when it gets into the four seeds, I always take at least one. The four, the four thirteen, the four thirteens. I always take at least one, but the three fourteens are tough for me. Can I tell you that I actually think that there could be one? I'm not. I wouldn't pick it, and I wouldn't tell you or anybody else to pick it. But it would not surprise me one bit, not one bit, and it would wreck you if don't Grand Canyon beat Gonzaga. Oh, <laughs> there's no way. Grand Canyon's a good team. So Grand Canyon is twenty four and eleven. Yeah. They hit 75.3 points per game. They hit nearly 39% from three. Yeah. Yep. Elite three-point shooting team. They drop at 39% from three. Um, they they dish 12 and a half assists a game. Uh, they they have five over five steals per game. That's a really good team. Yeah. Gonzaga comes into this 28 and five. Knocking down 87.5 points a game. Grand Canyon over Gonzaga. So I do have the play-in of Arizona State and Nevada beating TCU in an 11-6. I think... And by the way, that very easily could be Nevada. So I think it's... Okay, this was my thought. When I took the play-in 11 seed that plays in to take on number 6 TCU, I took the play-in as Nevada... And Nevada advancing to take on Gonzaga. Uh, one thing you need to know about Nevada, uh, they are crazy athletic. They're a little undersized, but they've got a guy named Will Baker who can really light it up. For, he's a big man that can stretch you out. And uh, the fun thing about them is that they have an elite isolation score in uh, Blackshear. And they uh, look, they fell apart down the stretch. They lost to Wyoming, UNLV, and San Jose State. They're coming into the tournament losers of three games in a row. Um, And they blew a 21-point lead in Logan against Utah State. Yeah. Um, But here's the thing. They've got crazy athleticism. Blackshear's great. Will Baker's great. Jared Lucas is awesome. They've got scores on that team. And I don't know. I retweeted it because that team, and I talked to their play-by-play guy at the tournament in the Mountain West. After they lost in that first round, they were done. They thought there was no way they were going to the NCAA tournament. They had no indication whatsoever. And if you watch their video, and I retweeted yesterday, if you watch their, because everybody posts a video of their team hearing their name called, and they're everybody's at somebody's house or they've got the fans behind them. These are a bunch of dudes at the practice facility wearing their practice jerseys because they think they're getting ready for the NIT. And they're just kind of, you know, some dude's got a cell phone camera out just in case. But they had no anticipation whatsoever. And the sheer joy and elation when they found out they were in, yeah. they're with house money right now. They're just like, hey, we didn't think we were going to be here. Nobody else thought we were going to be here. Let's go out there and just let it fly. They're going to come play no wild No pressure whatsoever. And they've got the athletes to do it. So my thought behind it was, and I know TCU is a good team, and they started out the season on fire. And I actually went to that Utah-TCU game that was at the um, – 
Vivian Arena. Yeah. Back on December oh, right. 21st, yeah. I went to that game. So I watched TCU. They beat Utah 75-71, and that was obviously big-time Utah pro crowd, and Utah fans showed up for that. It was a really fun game. But they went on some crazy stretches. They lost four in a row, and I get it. It's four Big 12 games in a row. They lost four in a row. They lost two of their last three to finish the season, including one against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's just not good. Oh, well, Oklahoma's the basement of the Big 12 this year. Yeah. And they lost two of the last three, losing one to Oklahoma. And I thought, if Nevada comes in, they're all kinds of pumped. They they win their play-in, which I always like when a team gets a play-in opportunity. Because imagine beating Arizona State and jumping in as an 11 seed to take on a 6 seed. You're all kinds of energized. So, yeah, I, I did take that one. And I might – it's so funny because I overthink these brackets way too much. Yeah. I do every single year. Yep. That's what everybody does. Oh, I overthink it way too much. But I don't change it, though. My bracket right now is set in stone. I won't change it because I've learned. Stick with your gut. Yes, from past experiences. I've gone back and I've changed. For instance, and I've got Gonzaga going to the finals. Change it. What'd you Change it. <laughs> I mean, How many years straight I mean, stick, then? I mean, stick, <laughs> I mean, stick with your gut. But you need to change it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it. I've got Gonzaga Purdue in the finals. <laughs> you know what? Here's the don't thi- attack my bracket. Sorry, no, I'm not attacking. No, you you do you. Oh jeez. <laughs> All right, hands. I will. <laughs> Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Big event coming up. Jeanette Bott joining us from the Utah Food Bank. It's the second annual Feed Utah Food Drive coming up on Saturday, March 18th. And uh, Jeanette, it's been a couple of years since you've been able to do this. It has been, and we're so excited to bring folks together again this year and hope for a positive outcome. So let's talk about the drive itself and how people can get involved and help out. So it is slated, as you mentioned, for Saturday morning. We're asking people to place um, a bag of groceries on their porch before 9 a.m. Volunteers throughout your area should be around to pick that food up. Um, This works similar to what it used to to, to, uh, a process when we used to do the drive with the, the Boy Scouts. You know, we we did a drive with the scouting organization for 33 years. And so food drives are very familiar to people in Utah, but they're also a very positive outcome for those who are challenged with issues of hunger. I want to be really specific for people. What area does this all consider? You know, we're trying to cover the entire state. Some of the challenges we have is Utah is not an easy state to cover. Uh, we are partnering with, again, this year with Associated Foods. And Associated Foods is allowing us to utilize their um, Macy stores, and there are 21 of them throughout the state of Utah. So if you have a Macy store in your neighborhood, that's going to be your hot spot right there. For areas that don't have Macy stores, there are locations that are being placed up in parking lots that are, you know, uh, semi-trailers that will pick up food. And so we're trying to, to blanket as much of the state as we possibly can. And all you have to do is just uh, is just put some uh, non-perishable food out on your doorstep and Saturday by what? Saturday morning, 9 a.m., is that right? 9 a.m., Saturday morning, and if all, uh, everything falls into place, you should have volunteers that will come by and pick that up. I love it. I really want to make this point very clear to people. that we, There has never been a greater need. This is one of the most important times in our state, in our country's history, for helping feed those who are less fortunate. And this food drive this year has a special importance, doesn't it? You know, it does. And we're, we're at, a, at a point in our state where, you know, the Utah Food Bank utilizes pantries in all 29 counties. So we're trying to get to as many of these folks as we can. But the important part is that Utah Food Bank can't do this kind of thing alone. It has to be collaborative, has to be partnerships, has to be corporations, religion, religious groups, individuals. It's going to take all of us to come together because the numbers have never been higher and the need has never been greater. Go to utahfoodbank.org slash feedutah right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. So, you think you know everything about college basketball? The month being March and the topic being... 
college basketball. All right, Einstein. Word away. Time to put that knowledge to the test. It's the KSL Sports Bracket Mayhem Challenge, where you can compete against your friends, family, and the Zone Sports Network staff. KSL Sports Bracket Mayhem is presented by Burt Brothers. One-stop shop for complete auto care. Done better. Fill out your bracket now at kslsports.com. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Taylor Funk will join us coming up here in a moment. His Aggie team is off to the NCAA tournament. Ryan Odom was on with DJ and PK if you want to catch that conversation. Uh, it's up at uh, kslsports.com or wherever you get your podcasts on whatever platform you desire. It'll be there and available for you. I know Coach Odom, I was thinking about having him come on our show, and I was like, yeah, he's so tired of talking to me. <laughs> I'm excited to catch up with him. What was the area you wanted me to go into for him? Oh, for Taylor? Yeah. Oh, you can go wherever you want. Oh, oh. You had He's a got a great story on how he ended up at Utah State. Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, I'm excited about his degree, anthropology. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I want to ask him how he got started in that field. Because <laughs> I've told you so many times, I've got so much regret. If I could go back and take advantage of my five free years of college that I got, I would have done a much better job than what I did. I think all of us think that to a certain extent. But unfortunately, at college, when you get to become a junior or senior, you go in with your advisor and be like, all right, I've got these credits. What can I graduate the fastest in? And they're like that. And you're like, that's my major. Let's go. I have so many regrets. <laughs> so many regrets. Scott Gerard hanging out with Hans Olsen uh, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Joining us now, a man who's probably tired of talking to me because we've had a bunch of chats throughout the year, Taylor Funk from the Utah State men's basketball team. Taylor, congratulations, man. Going dancing. Thank you, man. Really appreciate that. That's so great. So happy for you, Taylor. Kind of take us into that room when you guys got the announcement. Where were you thinking you might land, and what did you think of the 40th ranking and 10 seed that you were provided? Yeah, so we were all at Coach's house. You know, the whole team was there, all the staff and uh, a couple other people. Um, it was an experience, man. I mean, never been to the dance, and, you know, a couple guys on the team is not as well. So, you know, we're all excited. We're all a little nervous. Um, but we were definitely, definitely confident, you know, that we, we were going to get a bid and, you know, we were hoping to stay away from the 11 seed. We didn't want to do that playing game. Um, just yeah, beyond happy with the 10 seed. Um, we were thinking anywhere from eight to 10 and, you know, a couple of us saw some tweets like, you know, we might get matched up with Missouri and, you know, we saw Missouri's name pop up and we're like, here we go, here we go. And, you know, we saw our name and nothing but cheers and excitement and you know just kind of <clears throat> makes it all worth it at the end of the day you know we go through a lot go through a lot a lot of trials and a lot of ups and downs but you know with this team it's just it's just fun you know it's just I'm with my brothers and you know it's no other squad I'd rather do this with so I've known your story for a while and uh and and you play at St. Joe's. You're playing your sixth year of college uh, with a COVID year and a medical redshirt and and everything else that that you've been afforded to. And to be able to finally get to the NCAA tournament, never being there before, but in your last year, being able to experience that. What are your emotions right now with that? Yeah, emotions are high. Um, I feel like this is every Hooper's dream. Um, you know, just every summer. Just traveling the the country, you know, playing AAU, just exhausting your body. These summer workouts once you get to college, and you know, it kind of seems like why are we why are we killing ourselves right now when you know season's not for another four or five months. But I'll tell you what, man, it, it's it's not easy. 
it's not easy at all, but it is, uh, it's memories and, you know, just, just stuff that you're never going to forget. And it's just, yeah, it's kind of an undescribable feeling. It's really everything you want. Um, but the thing is like, it's just one game at a time, you know, it's obviously any team that's making this tournament is a really good team. But, you know, we we're talking with the guys and it's just it's just one more game, you know, playing at a neutral site and let's just win let's just win that game, you know, and then we'll worry about the next, and then we'll win that game and worry about the next and you know, it's kinda of what we did all season. It's just one game at a time and I feel like that's when we're at our best. So Taylor, how does a guy start his basketball career at Mannheim Central in Pennsylvania and then end up in Logan, Utah? as Scotty mentioned, in the sixth year doing what you're doing now. How does this all come about? <laughs> um, I don't even know if I can answer that question. It's just kind of, I guess it's more God's timing than anything else. It's it's uh, it's opportunity after opportunity. And, uh, you know, it's it was definitely a jump moving from, you know, Pennsylvania to Utah. It's multiple states in between us and, Tell you what, man, this was the best decision I've ever made in my life. And, you know, not a second of any day that I ever regret this coming out here. And, you know, it just, it just felt like home. It feels like home. And, you know, I call it my home. You know, I've only, I haven't even been here a year. Don't haven't even known these group of guys or the staff for a year. But, uh, you know, these guys mean everything to me. And just really, really blessed to be where we're at right now. You told me uh, when we first chatted that uh, when you came on a recruiting trip, you told yourself you weren't going to commit. And then uh, <laughs> how, how, how did the end of that trip go? Yeah, it, the end of that trip ended by me shaking Coach's hand and saying, let's do this thing. <laughs> um, what was yeah, the selling my, point? What was the tipping point? It's It was more of a feel thing, I guess. I just, on my visit, just everything was perfect. You know, the guys were the group of guys I could see myself being with the coaching staff was the coaching staff I you know wanted to be coached by and you know it's just it's a different if it's different lifestyle out here for sure I mean this is nothing like Philly where I lived the last five years but you know change is a good thing sometimes and I put myself out there and yeah like I said it's definitely the decision I'm most proud of you know, so being called in the selection Sunday is, yeah, makes everything worth it and more. I was reading a little bit about your prep career in Pennsylvania. Has Mannheim Central called you to retire your jersey yet? <laughs> no, not yet. I was talking to my head coach yesterday, actually. Um, you know, just he, he's a big part of my, you know, my career and known each other for a long time, so. Yeah, maybe we'll have to get on that. I'm not sure. My my record just got broken by. Oh, you know, I, I had the I had the all time scoring record, um, in school history, and a girl named Maddie Nyer just um, she actually just broke it the other week the other day. Because you had one thousand nine seventy seven. Did she break the two thousand mark? Yep, she's over two K. So you know, credit to her. She's a heck of a player and. You know, she deserves that for sure. Yeah, you needed that for at least a decade, though. At least give you 10 years with that thing. <laughs> That's awesome. What a, what an incredible accomplishment, though. 1,977 career points at Mannheim Central. What's it like playing basketball in Pennsylvania? Um, It's different, for sure. It's, um, yeah, my, my, part of the, my part of town was, no, it wasn't really known for basketball. We were more of a football school. Um, but my freshman year, I think we broke like 25 records that year. We went undefeated at home. We, we, um, first team to ever make it to districts championship, first team to ever make it to states. Um, first team to ever win a game in states. Um, it was an experience, man, and built friendships for life. I mean, when my, when our name got called yesterday, I think I had all that, my whole team text me individually. And just congratulate me, and you know they the room for me because you know basketball is uh really brings really uh it bring makes this world small. It seems like you, you build so many friendships that really last forever. And I got friends that I played with in fifth grade that 
you know, we're still really good friends, talk all the time, and haven't seen him for multiple years, but it just we're still we're st- we still kept that friendship. So you mentioned, by the way, Taylor Funk joining us from the Utah State basketball team. They've got Missouri in the first round in Sacramento. You'll hear that game right here on the zone. Uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts. You know, you get excited. You're at Coach's house, and everybody's fired up about Missouri. And then you start to dig in. Have you guys? I know the coaches are knee deep in prep. Have you guys had a chance to uh, work on what you've seen and, and what jumps out at you in your early evaluation of this squad? Yeah. So as a team, we haven't gotten together yet we'll do that today in a co- in about an hour here we'll sit down and all watch film but when we were all at coach's house coach you know we get selected we we're hanging out a little bit and coach said you guys are more more than welcome to stay but the staff is heading over to the office to get a start meaning they're about to prepare prepare us for this game so a couple of us came home and you know threw some uh threw some missouri games on the tv and you know started looking at our matchups and did some investigating on their defense and their offense. And, you know, it, it seems like both these teams can really score the ball at a high level. So it should be a really fun game to watch. Um, yeah, maybe it just comes down to who can score more buckets. <laughs> what do you think about your location, playing in Sacramento? Yeah. Um, being an East Coast boy, you know, part of me was hoping for Albany. Could have had a lot of family and friends show up to that one, but – you know, can't be picky when it comes to something like this. It's take us wherever we need to go, and let's go win a game. But, uh, and again, I'm not trying to give you any excuses, um, you know, because San Diego State essentially had to do the same thing. But just how hard is it to play a game that wraps up at about midnight? And this isn't AAU ball. This isn't, you know, pickup games. These are just lay it out on the line, physical, in your face. Uh, Boise State's crazy physical. And then, the, and then about... You know, 12, 13 hours later, lacing them up and playing again against another uber physical team. Just how how hard is that? What kind of toll does that take on your body? It definitely takes a toll. I mean, the morning in Boise, we're um, it's fresh off New Mexico. We didn't get home till I think it was past one or close to one almost. By the time the guys get treatment, you know, get some food in our stomach, and the emotions and the adrenaline all gets out of your body. I know personally I didn't fall asleep till about 4 a.m. that night and multiple other guys um, turn around, play boys the next day. Same thing, we got the late game. Same time about falling asleep. Fell asleep about 4 a.m. We have a game the next next afternoon, pretty much. It's a toll for sure. I mean, it's not AAU. These are, these are some big guys out there and, you know, physical teams. But you said, I mean, they had to do the same thing, so there is no excuse. It's It was a battle, and, you know, credit to um, our trainer, you know, to get our bodies right, get us ready. Um, strength coach, you know, doing the recovery we need to do. But it's March, you know, these, especially for the seniors. And, you know, this team, coach always talks about this team has one life and, you know, make the most out of it, leave no regrets, and, you know, I truly believe we gave everything we had out there and, you know, a couple couple calls, couple couple shots didn't go in and you know, get a couple more rebounds and the game the game could turn, but you know, credit to San Diego State for sure. They they were on top of the defense, they they were locked in on that end and you know, they did what they had to do to win that game. Hey Taylor, how old were you when you hit six nine when you kinda of peaked out on your height? Yeah, I was uh I believe it was I was going into my senior year. Um, so I was six six as a freshman, and then every year until my senior year, I grew an inch. Or six 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 seven six eight six. Seven. Yeah, I believe my end of my junior year, going into my senior, is when I hit my peak. So you hit that six nine as you, as you were growing in height. Did, was does your parent your both your parents have a background in basketball, or is this something that you just found as you developed and, and got your height? Um, so my mom's almost, she's like five, my dad's six foot, um, and I guess, yeah, my mom's pretty tall for a girl, I guess, so definitely get my height from her. Um, I don't know. Yeah, not really a background in basketball. I mean, my dad played in high school, um, got drafted in the military and played on the army team, 
<laughs> you know, on campus or on his, uh, or, yeah, no. <laughs> Answer your question, no, there's not really a background <clears throat> in basketball in my family. Um, brother played in high school, but no one ever went past that. None of my uncles um, played in college. My my dad's brother played in high school, but no, it's just... It was just something I kind of picked up at a young age. And, you know, my dad knew a lot about the game, so he coached me and trained me, you know, to be the best I could be. But there's no history where, you know, my, my father played in, you know, Sweet 16 or played in, for this college or anything like that. Hmm. So, How old were you when he uh, started having you play in the men's league? Uh, tell you what, I, I would go with him three days a week. Um, as little as I started getting checked into the nursery, you know, and then I got a little older and he's like, there's some side hoops you can shoot on those if you don't want to go in the nursery. And every chance I got, I would take the side hoops. Um, and I just keep going three days a week, you know, and I wasn't even playing. I was just shooting layups because that's probably the only, uh, all the farther I could go. Then over time, I just got a little bigger, a little stronger. And if there was any days, there'd be nine guys there. You know, they'd some days let me be the 10th, um, just, if it, just to make it even. But time would just go on, and I'd just get a little bigger, a little stronger, you know, month by month. And, you know, I started, uh, yeah, started playing and eventually started being one of the better guys. And, yeah, it just, over time, took off. Well, Taylor, appreciate you hanging out with us, man. Uh, congratulations, and uh, look forward to chatting with you on that uh, down there in Sacramento. Congrats, Taylor. Thanks. Thank you very much. There he is, Taylor Funk. Good dude. Long journey to get to Logan. Yeah. Yeah, told uh, told his mom and dad, yeah, I'm going on this trip. I know these coaches, but uh, I'm not committing until I take all my trips. Oh, that changed. And then he went and he committed at the end of it and canceled all the other trips. Well, he's been fantastic for this team. Yeah. All right. Uh, Hans and Scotty, what you may have missed, coming up next right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Oh, the Zone is sending you to see the Jazz at Vivint Arena. Right corner three. Wow. Listen all day, every Tuesday, for another edition of Team 49 Tuesday. As The Zone will give away a pair of tickets to an upcoming Jazz game every hour of the day. It's Team 49 Tuesday. Not for 10, lays it up and in. Every Tuesday on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chick. Chick, Chick. That's right, yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. No, you know where I'm going with this, what you may have missed, don't you? Well, know? we don't have time. That's why you're hurting. Maybe you should have thought about that. You know where I'm going? I probably, but you probably should have thought about that and give us time to actually discuss. Did you see who the Raiders' new quarterback is going to be? Let's go! It's fine. It's better than Stidham. Whatever. Is, are you sure? Hey, you, see yeah, where, it you see where Stidham landed? No, where'd he land? The Broncos. No way! Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he's, if, he's the backup. If Russell goes down, it's Jared Stidham. Yep. Well, for the Las Vegas Raiders, it is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. He is billed as the starting quarterback coming into day one for the Las Vegas Raiders. I love it. I love it. That's a great, great pickup for you guys. Yeah, get him through the Anytime you hear Scotty say, I love it about anything Kansas City or Las Vegas, I want you to know that it's not a good thing. No. Pairing Jimmy Garoppolo with you Josh just McDaniel like Wesley Nelson. is not. I a good love it. I, yeah. <laughs> Not a good deal. Uh, the Raiders are giving Garoppolo a three-year deal with $67.5 million. It includes $34 million guaranteed. So three years, $67.5 million, $34 million guaranteed. That's what Jimmy is getting to come to Las Vegas. I think, yeah, I, And your grin just I says think, it all. I think it's a good investment. <laughs> yeah. For the future. I think the Raiders can't pay a quarterback just like they can't pay to get rid of a coach to find a coach that can actually make a difference in Las Vegas. That's what I think. Well, there's <laughs> not a lot of people that have Lamar Jackson money right now, what he's wanting. Yeah, oh, there's not true. a lot of people that have that, thanks to Deshaun Watson. Yeah. 
All right, joining us now, Jeanette Bott uh, from the uh, Utah. Uh, well, you know, here's the thing: this uh, the Feed Utah Food Drive with the Utah Food Bank is so important, and it's a huge event coming up this weekend. And Jeanette, look, I don't think we can really truly appreciate how many lives and how many um, families this is going to affect if this can go off as well as people hope it will. Well, and I don't think people, unless they are experiencing or know someone very close to them who is experiencing hunger, really understands the magnitude um, of, of the problems of food insecurity in our state. We just don't associate those with Utah, and it truly is a, an issue. You know, 290,000 people in our state don't know where their next meal is coming from. Jeanette, are there items that you more specifically look for, or can it really just run the gamut, really any range of non-perishable that you put outside your door? Well, you know, the thing that a food drive does for for us and pantries across the state is it brings us variety. So whatever you have in your pantry or whatever your family likes to buy for you, that's exactly what another family would enjoy as well. So you don't have to go to the store. If you have something on your shelf or in your pantry, you're able to share that with another one. Perfect starting point. Great way to get the kids involved. Let them select those items off the shelf. Put them in a bag and talk to them about people around them who aren't as fortunate as they are. So again, it happens this Saturday, March 18th. Uh, all you're asking is that people have non-perishable food items placed outside their door by 9 a.m. And there's a good chance somebody's going to be able to come by and, and pick that up. Absolutely. Volunteers are, are, are signing up and have signed up to help us. In the event, for some reason, that food would not get picked up, you can go to utahfoodbank.org forward slash feed Utah. There is a complete list of all the locations where you can drop food off. Any Macy's store, any of the locations you can find online that we've posted, um, it's a really easy thing to do, and it's a very important thing to do. You know, another important aspect, too, uh, financial donations can be made at that same website, utahfoodbank.org slash feed Utah, and I'm sure those will be very welcome as well. Well, you know, and very much needed. You know, we can get the food donated to us, but if we don't have the cash to pay for the gas to get the trucks on the road, uh, we can't get it where it needs to be. So operating expenses are huge for us as well. So monetary donations are appreciated too. All right. Again, utahfoodbank.org slash feed Utah. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.